Hello, and welcome to another edition of Ask the Professor, a crowd-driven, crowd-supported feature where we respond to your questions on political philosophy, on economics, on history, on culture, on all those things that matter to us as citizens. And we also depend upon your contributions to keep the feature going. And at the end of the video, there will be a link telling you how you can back my work if you think Ask the Professor is worthwhile. Today's question comes from Michael. It was in fact a comment on an earlier Ask the Professor, and one that to me raises a very important issue. And what he says is this, having confidence in your point of view is great. Do the people espousing a diametrically opposed point of view have the same confidence? There are good people who have contrarian views and firmly believe they are correct. How true that is and how problematic. When you go into public debate, you find all kinds of people who are as persuaded that they're right as you are, that you're right, and who disagree with you. And it's tempting to dismiss people who disagree with you as either fools or knaves. And let me be clear, <laughs> you do find both idiots and rogues in the public arena as you find them everywhere. But once you have eliminated them, at least in your own mind, you're stuck with this problem that there are people out there of conspicuous intelligence, well-informed, of goodwill, who don't agree with you about something. And what are we to do about this? And because of this dilemma, I really dislike the term ideologue. You know, sort of an ideologue is someone who persists in holding their own opinion even after I tell them mine. You know, that, that little, you know, I am principled, you are stubborn, and she is an ideologue. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. And before getting into the difficulties of overcoming these kinds of disagreements, I think one point to me is quite clear. If a person is not convinced that they're right, it's irresponsible for them to push their views in public policy. I mean, there are people out there who say, oh, well, we really, we just, we shouldn't be certain. And this is often an idea that is driven by a very wise understanding that if so many people have disagreed about so much over so many years, we might well be wrong. But if all the people with that kind of subtle appreciation of the dilemma withdraw from the field or mumble and look at their shoes and are tentative, you wind up with the problem that Yeats described in The Second Coming. You know, the best lack all conviction and the worst are full of passionate intensity, which some people might think is a very good description of what's going on now. So by all means, study an issue. Ask yourself, am I wrong? Try to think about what your view would look like from the outside and whether your treatment of evidence would seem reasonable. Once you've done that though, once you're sure that your point of view makes sense, is important and needs to be heard, get out there and defend it. But in that classic phrase, for, suaviter in modo, fortiter in re, that is to be gentle in manner while firm on substance. Far too often you see the opposite, particularly in politics. It's funny how the most partisan people are often the ones who seem to have the least attachment to principle, perhaps as of a guilty conscience yelling. You've always got to understand that somebody else might be right and you might be wrong, but you can't let it paralyze you. You've always got to think to yourself, how does a viewpoint that seems to me to be inane actually make sense? Can I understand this view from the point of view of its adherence? Because if I can't, I shouldn't criticize it because I'm missing something. It's not to say, you know, that to understand it is necessarily to agree with it, but 
I really dislike this phrase about evidence-based decision-making because it's really a cheap shot. What it's saying is my views are based on facts. Your views are just stupid or ill-intentioned or both. It's a, it's a refusal even to try to see how, from the other person's point of view, the evidence supports what they have to say. Once you do that, once you achieve some kind of grasp of what other people are saying, then you can ask yourself in a fair-minded way, is my treatment of evidence something that I would find repellent or foolish if the people who disagree with me were doing it? Am I going through sources tendentiously? Am I taking quotations out of context? Am I committing any number of sins that I would regard as unpardonable if an adversary in debate did it? And can I avoid the classic pitfalls? The conservative thinks that liberals are stupid and the liberal thinks the conservatives are nasty. And that's just a bunch of name calling. Can I critique the opposing point of view without using either the term rogue or the term fool or any functional equivalent of it. Because there are important issues at stake, no matter where you look, from, from questions of foreign policy, national security, to economics, should we or should we not raise the minimum wage, to social issues. Is abortion on demand a vindication of women's rights or an appalling uh, impairment of human dignity? They can't both be true. I don't think in most of these arguments it's possible that neither is true, at least to a significant degree. And it matters enormously which one we act on and which one we believe. So yes, we need to have strong convictions. But faced with the fact that other people have strong convictions too, we have to make sure that we keep our own sort of mental house in order and properly clean. And that we react to those who are mistaken with the view that they're mistaken, not that they're evil or that they are blockheads, and try to argue the matter in such a way that we can show them that they are mistaken and bring them over to our side, firmly on the substance, but politely in manner. Not to engage in debate as a way of showing how great we are or trying to drive our adversaries even further into the wilderness where they may carry off our sins into the desert. You're absolutely right. People on all sides of an issue have strong views, and there are some out there who have no warrant for their views. But even among those who disagree with us most strongly, there are people who have thought the matter through, who do mean well, and who are intelligent. And we must always conduct ourselves in arguments as though what we were trying to do was find the truth between two positions held by people of intelligence and goodwill. As Kenny Stabler of the Oakland Raiders used to say, easy to call, hard to run. But that doesn't mean that you don't have to do it. Now, if you're enjoying Ask the Professor and you'd like to ask a question, you can do it simply by making it a comment to one of the videos or this URL here will give you an opportunity to submit a question. If you think the feature is worthwhile and you'd like to support it, please click here. That will take you to the Yes, I'll Help button on my website where you can make a one-time or monthly pledge to sustain Ask the Professor, my other videos, my documentaries, all the work that I do because I am dependent on you, the viewer and the reader, to be able to continue to work, to feed my family, to keep all the things that I produce coming. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.